and then sleep that in your pocket. Is it going to turn off or anything? It's good. It's recording now. today to kind of gather my thoughts with what I thought I was going to be talking about tonight. But as I went on, God kind of took me in a different direction here. And it's amazing how often when I'm preparing messages, I come back to John 3.16. John 3.16, most people know it. I'm going to read it here in a minute. Maybe growing up, you'd see it at sporting events, you know, people holding up the signs, John 3.16. And it is the gospel in a nutshell. But I believe it needs some explaining because things can be taken out of context if you're not careful with God's Word. So I'm going to read a little bit here and then I'm going to do my best to, uh, to try to break it down a little bit, I think, what God is actually saying. But first I'm going to pray, so let's pray. Father, we thank you for how good you are to us. We thank you for your word. You promised to preserve it, Lord, and we thank you that you did that. Lord. That you've given it to us, God, that it's plain. God, and it contains everything that we need. God, I pray tonight there'd be understanding and we'd have ears to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, John 3.16. I'm going to read it. I'm going to go through a couple of things here. Can you all hear me? This is good. Yeah, good. All right, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son 
And whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Belief. What does it mean to believe? You ever try to define a word without using the word? Can anyone here define the word believe without using the word believe? Anyone want to take a shot? How they would define the word believe without actually using the word believe? Anybody? What was that? Trust. That's good. Trust. Commit. Commit yourself to, to trust. That is what this word means in this application. In this instance, God is talking about committing or trusting Jesus Christ and Him alone for your salvation. Not of works. Not doing enough good, but through the shed blood of Christ. To say that you have this belief that God is talking about here is saying that you are trusting Him alone. And that's it. You're trusting Jesus alone. And I ask you this question tonight, have you believed in Christ in this way? Now a lot of people say, yes, I believe in Jesus. But really at the end of the day, it's a more of an intellectual belief, maybe. You know, very few people deny that a man named Jesus walked the earth. But have you committed yourself to Him and to His ways? Is your, or is your belief in word only? You know, I remember I used, to, I used to play baseball. I wasn't very good. But when I got older, I played in this, this league. It was just old college players, maybe a couple minor league ball players. And I never even played at those levels. But it was a, it was a fast pitch, wooden bat league, and I, and I went to play. And I, and I got up to bat one time, and the coach told me, he goes, listen, because he knew I wasn't very good. He said, listen, I know this pitcher. He is going to throw you a first pitch fastball. It's going to be right down the middle. That is the only pitch that you're going to have a chance to hit. And I said, okay, I'm going, to, I'm going to swing at it. I trust you. I'm going to swing at it. Well, I got up there, and sure enough, that pitch, that fastball came right down the middle, and I did not swing at it. So I said I, I trusted him, but did I really trust him? Did I really trust what he was saying? No. My actions proved different. My belief was just in word and not in action. God puts it like this in 1 John. He said, He that says that I know Him, talking of Jesus, but does not obey His commandments, is a liar, and there is no truth in Him. He that says He knows Jesus. A lot of people go around saying, Oh, I know Jesus. I know Him. I'm a Christian. But they don't have the action to back it up. They're not keeping His commandments. You know what God says? God says that that person is a liar, and there is no truth in Him. I recently had an interaction with a, a young man we were kind of dealing with at our church who he took this to the extreme where he actually said that you could hate God, you could hate your neighbor, you can convert to be a Muslim, but if you believe, you're saved. He says that you could hate God and still be a Christian if you just believe. If you just believe. 
Well, I would say if you hate God, if you hate your neighbor, if you're continuing on in a lifestyle of willful sin, that you haven't really believed in the way that God is talking about here. You haven't trusted Christ. You haven't committed yourself to His ways. And this is very dangerous. Very dangerous. Again, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He that believeth on Him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he had not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. He who believes not is condemned already. You may ask yourself, well, what is condemnation? Well, the next verse answers that. It says this, and this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. This is condemnation, that light has come into the world, but men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. God tells us that we have to believe. Then he goes on and tells us what that looks like. What does it look like to believe? The Bible says if you don't believe, you're condemned already. And what is condemnation? That light has come into the world, but you've loved your darkness. You've loved your sin. You won't come to the light unless your deeds should be reproved. You know, Hebrews 4.12 says that that the Bible, the Word of God, is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of our hearts. You know, recently on, I was scrolling through my Facebook and this, this man had posted this, these comments that were just completely biblically false, but he did it in the name of truth. Well, I just put some verses in there that showed that he was clearly wrong. I wasn't looking to argue. I was just reproving with the Word of God and that man just deleted those comments. He didn't like that. He didn't like what God had to say about things. It discerned his heart. I've talked to many people over the years trying to share the gospel in the streets, in churches, all over. And a lot of people will say that, well, they're they're pretty good. You know, I'm a pretty good person. And there's this thought that, you know, as long as my good outweighs my bad, that God will see it. God will see that I'm trying. And uh, and He'll forgive me. Well, it doesn't work that way. You know, there are many, and the Bible actually, you know, it's a trap, really, that people fall into. They'll say, well, yeah, you know, I'm not perfect, but I'm not as bad as so-and-so. You know, so-and-so, they're really bad. You know, we can always find somebody else worse than us to compare ourselves to. Well, the Bible says for us not to compare ourselves amongst ourselves. God says that this is not wise. It's not wise because we can always look at someone else who's worse than, than us. And there are many religious people in this world, in this country, Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, Seventh-day Adventists, Catholics, really good people, man. They... Man, they love their wives, they teach their children. You know, they, 
They're smart, they're honest in their business dealings. They don't lie, they don't cheat, they don't steal. They will die and they will go to hell because they have trusted in their own righteousness and not the righteousness which is in Christ. They'll say they don't, but they do. I want to read to you a man about a man here. His name was Paul. This is in Philippians chapter 3. He says that he rejoices in Christ Jesus and has no confidence in the flesh. No confidence in the flesh. Now he goes on to tell us here why he, he says this. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. I want you to listen to Paul's credentials here, to his resume, if you will. He was circumcised on the eighth day of the stock of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is of the law, blameless. Blameless concerning the righteousness which is of the law. That means he kept the law. But he goes on to say this. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. And to be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. This man said that he was blameless concerning the righteousness of the law. You can't get any better than that. You can't get any better than that. But then he goes on to say that he counts it as dung that it was nothing to him because he had went on to gain the righteousness of Christ. The Gospel of Luke chapter 18 says that and he spake this parable this is talking of Jesus he spake a parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others you know God does this sometimes he tells us before the parable why he's giving the parable yet people will still argue over it but it's very clear why God is giving this parable He was giving it to men that trusted in themselves that they were righteous. They were trusting in their own righteousness. And he says this. He says, Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. It says, and a publican standing far off would not lift up so much as his eyes to heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. 
I tell you that this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. This idea that this man was some going to convince God by his many good works that he was deserving of salvation. You know, God, Jesus says in Matthew 7, he says there's going to be many on the day of judgment. They're going to stand before God and say, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out devils in your name? Have we not done many wonderful works in your name? And they're going to go on and they're going to list all the great things that they did in the name of Jesus. All the while well, we, we did this and that. You know what Jesus is going to say to them? Depart from me. I never knew you. If you think you're going to stand before God and give a list of your credentials to Him, well, you may do that. But He won't be impressed. He won't be impressed. There is one thing, and one thing only, that will allow you to be ushered into the kingdom of heaven. And that is... Are you washed in the blood of Jesus Christ? Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Not just in this, I go to church and I believe He was a man and I believe some of His teachings, but do you trust Him? Are you trusting Him? Have you committed your life to Him? In the same way that you trusted that chair when you sat in it. Have you committed yourself to the one that judges righteously? You know, I talked to a man recently, not far from here, he was down at the Wawa. Oh, this man was proud. You know, I found that people who have the least in life tend to be the proudest. It's very interesting. Well, this man, he, he told me, he, he was going on and listing all his sins. But he told me, he goes, when I stand before the Most High, I forget the exact words that he used, but basically he's going to, you know, chest puffed out and I said no. No, you won't. You know, the Bible says that the, the ungodly, they won't even stand in the judgment. They won't even be able to stand. There's many thoughts on what it takes to be saved. Oh, you could read over and over different ideas. The Bible says we need to repent. Jesus says if you don't repent, you'll perish. But I think the key ingredient, the key attitude is an attitude of humility. To be like this publican, beating his chest as he's watching this Pharisee, listing all these things. God, I thank you that I'm not like this man. This man, this Pharisee, he was trusting in his own righteousness. But to be like that publican, bottom of the barrel of the human beings as far as they were concerned wouldn't even lift up his eyes beating his chest saying Lord have mercy upon me a sinner it's confession of being a sinner of needing mercy not just saying oh I know Jesus or I'm a Christian lots of people call themselves Christians but if you committed yourself to Jesus Romans puts it like this. In Romans chapter 9, verse 30. 
it says that the Gentiles was followed not after righteousness. Okay, they didn't follow the law. They weren't looking to be good, right? They've obtained righteousness, even the righteousness which is of faith. Okay? But Israel, this is God's chosen people, the children of Israel, the Jews, which followed after the law of righteousness, they have not attained to the law of righteousness. Why? Because they sought it not by faith, but as it were, by works of the law. For they stumbled at the stumbling stone. Do you know what the stumbling stone is? It's Jesus. He's a stumbling stone for all nations. You could be the most well-behaved person. You can go the rest of your life. You could lock yourself in a room and never, and never have any thought to lie, to steal. There's no one to steal from. There's no one to lie. But you know what? Your heart is still deceitful. It's wicked above all things. A lot of people tend to think that they're just, that they're pretty good. You know, there's a, there's a, a lie that's it's perpetrated itself into the church even now. This idea that, well, we're good in our environment it's our environment that's corrupted us. And if we can change our environment, if we can just get to the next town, if we can just get the new job, if we can just get that next relationship, well, then we'll be good. It's my environment. I'm, I'm good inside, but it's my environment that's messing me up. You know what the truth is? That your heart is corrupt and evil, and you are corrupting your environment. You can change your environment all you want, but until you change your heart, nothing will change. That old saying, you know, wherever you go, you bring yourself with you. You ever heard that saying? Ain't that the truth? I'm going to talk from Genesis just briefly, and then I think I'll be done. I'm not promising, but I think I'll be done. A lot of people know the story of creation. God created six literal days. The heavens, the earth, everything we see rested on the seventh day. On the sixth day, you know, after every day, by the way, he said that he looked at what he had done and he said it was good. And on the sixth day, when he created man, he said it was very good. Now, I don't know about you, but when I look around today, I don't, I don't see things that are very good. I see men and women that are lost in bondage. I see murder. Oh, the thing, I read an article today about this lady killed, shot her two children in the head. Just killed her kids. Actually, they didn't, they didn't die, they survived. Awful, terrible, terrible things. Well, that's not good. So what's happened between the time that God looked at it and said it was good? God's not a liar. When God made it, it was good. Does anyone want to take a guess at what happened? Sin. Disobedience to God. You know the story that God created Adam and caused the sleep to fall upon Adam and he pulled out a rib and he created Eve, woman, from man. And do you know they had one commandment in that garden? A lot of people point to the Bible and say there's too many rules. Hogwash. There was one rule in the garden. Don't eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You can eat of any of the other trees. 
but do not eat of that tree. One rule. Oh, but the devil came in the form of a snake. It says that he was more subtle. He was cunning. The devil was cunning. And he deceived Eve. Eve didn't trust God's word. God said, don't eat it. The devil convinced her to eat it. It says that she looked at it and she saw that it was, it was good for food and it was, it was good to make one wise. She said, I'm going to trust my eyes. I'm going to trust what I think, what makes sense to me. I'm not going to trust what God says. Well, she gave to her husband and the Bible says at that time sin entered the world and death by sin. And then God came down and said this, to the woman. It says, And unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply the sorrow in thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. I want you to raise your hand if you've ever had a baby. Ladies, if you've ever had a baby, I want you to raise your hand. Don? <laughs> okay. Was there great sorrow? Was there pain? Was there suffering? Right? Ladies, it was, a, it was a hard thing, right? Do you know why? Because of the garden. Because of the curse. You weren't in the garden. You needed that tree. But sin entered into the world. And death by sin. You know, and it says to the men, and it, it says, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of your wife, and has eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake, and sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. Man, can you identify with that? You know, just today I was working, the sweat just going into my eyes. Hard, labor, difficult. I wasn't there. I didn't eat of that tree. But this curse, this curse that's corrupted our hearts. You know, you, you can look at a baby, and I will say that most babies learn to lie before they can even talk. Maybe you've seen it. A kid takes something he's not supposed to. Did you take that? You know, they get that look and they know they've done wrong and they're lying to you. Did you teach them that? I didn't teach my kids to lie. Their hearts are corrupt. Your heart is corrupt. My heart is corrupt. It's the curse of sin. But the Bible tells us this, that Christ has redeemed us. Does anyone know what the word redeemed means? You ever been to a carnival and you get tickets and then you go up and you get your tickets and you, you redeem them for a prize, right? It's a purchasing, it's a buying, it's an exchange. The Bible says that Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. Being made a curse himself. In another place it says that we have been redeemed not with corruptible things like silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. We have been purchased, bought back. The wages of sin is death. What we deserve is death, this payment of death. But Jesus Christ... The only perfect one, the only righteous one, shed His blood so that we can be purchased and bought back. 
Now this may not make sense to you, but I'm gonna I'm gonna explain it. How is the shedding of blood? How is somebody's blood gonna clean us? Again, moms, you know how hard it is, right, to get blood out of clothes. It doesn't make sense to us. How does blood wash us? Well, being that God is 100% just and 100% merciful and 100% good and 100% truthful, you know, justice and love, justice and mercy, they don't seem to work together. You know what I mean? They seem almost opposed to each other. Justice, but mercy. The soul that sins shall die, but somehow God making a way that we don't have to die. Not going against one, not going against his love, not going against his mercy, not going against his justice. How is this, how can this be? Jesus Christ, okay, who knew no sin. The Bible says that he made him who knew no sin become sin for us. He took our place. For the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward. Every sin receives the just recompense of reward. Every sin will either be purchased by the blood of Christ or punished in eternity. God is too just to allow sin to go unpunished. He said it, the soul that sins shall die. And in the garden that day when they sinned and they chose to sin and God would have been just and just wiping them out, destroying them, it says that He actually made animal skins and covered their nakedness. He covered them. The word atone literally means to cover. Actually, you know one of the definitions I just learned this the other day of atonement? It means to cover, but it also means to cover with pitch, which is what they did in the ark. The ark is a form of salvation. Those that entered into the ark were saved. Those that didn't were destroyed. Those that enter into Jesus Christ are saved. If you don't, you're destroyed. We read about it in the Old Testament in Joshua, in the house of Rahab. If you were in the house of Rahab, you were saved. If you were not, you were destroyed. Be found in Him, not having our own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith in Christ. God poured out His judgment, His wrath upon His Son, so that He didn't have to pour it out on you and me. He's too just just to forgive it. You know how just God is? You know, you can see a little baby, that little baby I was talking about that lied. Well, well one might say, well, that baby's not guilty because, because they didn't know. Well, I agree with that. But do you know God cannot just simply even overlook that? If you read in the book of Leviticus, you see all these offerings for sin. And Christ was the fulfillment of every one of these offerings. And there was an offering for the sin done in ignorance. Do you know even that sin, you could look at the sin of that baby and say, oh, God's gonna, God won't worry about that. No, God worries about that. But there was a sacrifice done through the blood of Jesus Christ. He is 100% just and He is 100% loving. 
Melissa, what about you? Are you a Christian? Are you a believer just in word? You just call yourself a Christian? Or have you committed yourself to Him? Have you trusted yourself to His ways? The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. We don't know when our life will be required of us. Oh, and that cunning devil, he's convinced he's convinced the world of so many wrong things. Do not do not take this message lightly. Be careful what you do with the blood of Jesus Christ. Because you know what the Bible says of hell? It says that the smoke of their torment ascendeth forever. There is no rest for them day or night in hell. You can't hide. You can't run. You can try, but you can't. You can pay for your sin. Well, you can't pay for your sin. You can spend an eternity in agony and torment in hell, and your sin will never be paid for. Or you can humble yourself. Humble yourself. And confess to God and come to Him. Light has come into the world. Light is in the world. His name is Jesus. Will you come to Him tonight? Let's pray. Father, I thank You for Your goodness. thank You for Your Word. God, I thank You for how just You are and that we can count on that. We can count on Your justice. We can count on Your love. We can count on Your mercy. We can count on Your long-suffering. It's who You are. Won't You do a work here in our hearts tonight? In Jesus' name, Amen.